Hey, everybody, it's Saturday, November 27th, and you are listening to the Pure Capital Podcast. Today on the podcast, uh, we are going to go through and just do a little bit of, of open forum. So it's the last week of the month, and the last week of every month, the way that we're going to do this thing is James and I are just going to tell you a little bit about uh, some of the different things that we're working on. You know, we're both running um, running businesses and doing a lot of investing, so we're going to talk about major projects and kind of milestones that we've been been hammering it through. Um, we're going to open it up. You know, if anybody, if anybody calls in and they have questions, we're going to allow questions to come through throughout the entire episode. Um, so, you know, a little bit different than what we typically do where we kind of wait till the end, we're going to open this thing up and, and just open forum and, and have some good conversation here and then talk about some of the projects that James and I are working on uh, together and, and how those things are going and how people can get involved or, or anything like that. You know, so we're going to have some fun with this one. Uh, James and I reserve the right to uh, talk about whatever the hell we want to on this particular episode, uh, while at the same time trying to give you guys a little bit of value that you can take home and you can can use for yourself uh, out there in the business and investing world. So with that, let's let's bring James on here. James, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Norm. I'm uh, still a little heavy from the turkey and mashed potatoes but uh doing doing great it's good to be on here i'm excited to do our uh our first open forum yeah man yeah for sure i i'm uh i'm the same way do you have a have a good time with some family get out and and do some visiting lots of traveling and stuff for sure for sure as um a lot of you guys probably know i'm i'm in austin texas now and so Flew back uh, earlier this week, got lucky with flights, and uh, you know, luckily nothing was canceled. So flew back into West Virginia for basically the whole holiday season. Uh, so you know, back here now and uh, back working in Morgantown and the startup office there. So excited to be back with uh, friends and family, and you know, get back um, just working with folks here, uh, you know, in the in, in West Virginia. So it's it's definitely good to be back. Very good. Very good. I, I was, uh, I was kind of doing similar things. We, um, ran down last week to, uh, Oak Island, North Carolina to open up a new property, did a couple of, couple of small things, uh, in the, in the Northern North Carolina area. And then, um, I'm now up in Ohio visiting some family and doing all, doing all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, it's good to get out and, and do that. That's one thing that I think is important. You know, we do, we talk a lot about business. We talk a lot about investing, but you know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, your family is, is, uh, the most important part. So make sure you're taking the time when you get wrapped around the axle on different things to, to, uh, you know, get up and visit them and, and, uh, catch up with everybody. A hundred percent. I think it's, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about being good capital allocators and, um, you know, I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago and they were talking about social capital and how important that is. And I just think it's so true, especially during the holiday season. It's been something I've been reflecting on. Um, I don't even know if I told you that, Norm, but I've been doing roughly about every once or two weeks. Uh, I'll put out a new blog post just on a small sub stack that I've been been writing on. And uh, that's actually what my next one's going to be about is going to be about social capital and um, you know, we talk a lot about being good capital allocators and that includes social capital and building relationships, not only building them, but maintaining them and not only professionally, right. But with the people in your life that are important, that, that a lot of times are the people you're hustling for. So I think, uh, I just love that point. And it's, it's something that I've been really focusing on and, and, um, uh, just have been trying to wrap my mind a lot about that. Right. Cause it's easy to get caught up in the process of 
business building, investing, all these different things. Um, but keeping that intentionality with relationships, I think, is is super important. And, and what better time of the year to do it than, uh, you know, starting now with the holidays through the Christmas season. Yeah, no, no question. I completely, completely agree. So let's, uh, let's dive into what we're kind of up to here, James. I'm going to let you, I'm going to start by quizzing you a little bit. I know I didn't tell you I was going to do this. I was thinking about kicking it off myself, but, but uh, give me the rundown, man. What have you been up to? What are you doing? Let's talk a little, a little James Carnes business. For sure. For sure. I think, um, you know, with Iconic Air, that's obviously being a co-founder of a startup, you know, a lot of my time, if not most or all of my time goes to working on things for Iconic. Um, and, you know, where we really are, I think, you know, for any of the folks listening, we're, you know, a small startup um, focused in oil and gas space and, and software. And, um, you know, we help oil and gas companies and high emitting industries better aggregate their emissions data so they can help meet their decade long goals of emissions reductions. Um that's not what we started out doing. And obviously we've pivoted into that and, and now have been in that lane for a while, but for Iconic, it's been so fascinating. I feel like everyone always asks me, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Some of the, you know, the question Norm asked what's going on. And really it's just been kind of wild to look back and think about the different phases of the company and where we're at now and um, coming to market with a product that we weren't even sure if people were going to want and then figuring out from there how to make it better. So more people would want it and just continue to grow and, you know, really, really where, where I'm at personally with, with Iconic is like, we're just focused on continuing to build what people want in the industry. And I know that just sounds so cliche or kind of repetitive is what you might hear on other, other podcasts, but it's the truth. I think it's hard to build something that people want, um, building good product and, and having a good product that customers thoroughly enjoy using so that it, you know, increases their value somehow in their life is no easy feat. Um, and so we've been focusing on just getting the right people on our team. Uh, you know, our team's grown in the past year, uh, but we're, we're actively hiring, uh, you know, more folks in the engineering side. We're actively hiring more folks in the sales and marketing, you know, business development side. And really for us this year, we're just focusing on continuing to add on to, uh, you know, our customer base. Uh, we're excited about a lot of things that we're launching, uh, you know, the first quarter of 2022, we have a pilot program um, that we're signing up folks on where we're, you know, onboarding large enterprise organizations and working with them, uh, you know, in kind of like a, a paid pilot phase where we implement our technology solution across their operations and assets and, and help with their uh, emissions reduction and help them better quantify like their current, uh, you know, emissions and the things they're dealing with. Um, so that's kind of like a, a high level, you know, snapshot of where we're at, but obviously you can dive at the weeds there, but really just, you know, focusing on continuing to build product and, and onboard more customers to the platform. And, and, uh, you know, just in 2022, just kind of keep, keep growing and, um, you know, just building on the progress we've made. And that's good. That's good. So let, let's unpack just a little bit of that here. You know, you said, so there's a, there's a focus on product development. You guys are doing a lot of hiring and you have a focus on kind of scaling out that customer, customer base too. What do you have like a, do you have a kind of a methodology behind uh, the madness there? You know, I, I say madness. I'm, it, it's really not, you guys are pretty methodical on what you do, but is there anything that you can share with us on, on that? Yeah, I think I think it's something we're always trying to get better at in any company that's trying to grow and, and continue to be successful is always iterating on their internal you know processes and 
kind of how they do things internally. Um, you know, for a startup, it's like twofold because not only do you have to build new product and attract new customers, but then you also have to figure out a way to build your team and attract good talent, uh, which I think oftentimes is something that's um, just taken for granted in startups is, is the ability to attract and have good talent on your team. Uh, you know, we obviously would have made it as far as we have now, if we didn't have a great team around us and, and hire on key folks early on that have really helped build the product and build a customer base. Um, you know, but for us, when it comes to just hiring and, and how we think about scaling and growing, it's really like above all things, it's like a cultural fit. Um, you know, I would rather have someone who's like a hustler and just in the weeds, like wanting to just tackle an industry and build, you know, tackle hard problems, solve hard problems, um, but maybe isn't uh, as, you know, comfortable with, with, you know, parts of our technology stack in terms of like our programming languages, maybe they program in other languages, but not necessarily exactly what we've done. You know, I would take someone like that over someone who is maybe been doing what we, what we have in our technology stack for five years, but doesn't really have a good work ethic or drive. Right. So we really put a, a focus on attracting cultural talent and we've had folks where that's fit times where it hasn't. And, and so far when it's fit, we've, we've retained those folks and continue to work with them. It's been, it's been nothing but success, but I do think that's a tough thing. It's tough to balance constantly deploying a new product to customers while also having, you know, being a co-founder, right? I'm always trying to attract more talent, always be working and networking with folks to, to get more talent because to continue to scale and continue to grow, you have to have a great team behind, behind the product. Yeah, that's such a good, such a good, uh, such a good point. So you guys focus more on the side of, um, you know, who's going to fit the team the best and who's going to, who's going to have that hard driving, um, mentality that you want that business to be to grow. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's so important. Like, I think obviously, right. Any, any manager, anyone in any company, any size wants to hire people that are a cultural fit. Right. But it's so it's just so much more important in the startup phase because, you know, when you're hiring your third person or your fifth person, if they, if they're not a good fit for the team, right, they could delay a product launch by six months, three months. Uh, I mean, the, the, the damage that a bad employee um, or someone who isn't bought into the system or can come in and, and cause problems with culture or anything like that is, is super it could just have such a negative impact on the product and the future customer base. So I think it's super important for, for early startups to really um, focus on the types of people they want to hire. And, and we've, we've definitely done that. And um, you know, so far to date, we've had a lot of great folks that we've been able to, to bring on. And there's been folks that, you know, we've, we've worked with them for a month and just acknowledge like, you know um, it's, it's probably not the best cultural fit and that, and they, and they would agree. Right. And so you kind of figure that out as you go. But I think that's something that early founders um, don't maybe talk about a lot. You know, when once you really get in the weeds, it's like the, the, that first set of group, that first set of employees from when you're just as founders. Right. So if you have two or three co-founders and you're trying to hire on your first couple of people up to like the 10 first 10 to 15 employees, those are all like super important employees because they're going to set the the culture of the company for the next several years and you want people that you, you can trust, right? You, you, you don't want to, you don't want to always have, you know, if I'm like as a CTO and co-founder, right. I don't want to have to hire someone who always has to come to me for my approval on just like fixing bugs or small features. Right. I want someone who's like autonomous and can just, I can say, Hey, we have these 
20 bugs in the backlog in the platform, right? And just say, like, I need you to tackle them and bang them out in the next week. And, I, you know, as the co-founder and leader in a company, you have to have someone who you can trust to give those to and let them run with it and know that a week from now, that list is going to be done and they're going to be able to handle it, you know, and kind of work autonomously. So I just think it's super important. It's been important for us and it's, it's important for any, any startup that's trying to, to scale and grow fast for sure. Yeah, I can. So I completely agree. I mean, w- when you're talking about big companies, you know, a bad employee can, uh, you know, maybe drag in a, a department down, um, and, and put you in a bad position from that standpoint, but typically they're not going to destroy a company. Uh, but in the small business and startup realm, man, a, a, uh, a bad employee or a bad attitude or something that, that doesn't, uh, somebody that doesn't fit well culturally, um, can, can really put a damper on or even, even, you know, destroy that business. So it's such a, such an important part. And I'm glad you're talking about it. And, you know, I know you guys are going through a lot of that, um, today, not, not bad employees, but going through a lot of the hiring process and, and, uh, scaling process. And it's just such an important part of, of doing business. Um, are there any, so, you know, you talked about, uh, working on building, building new product and stuff like that. Are there any, any like major milestones or particular products that you want to, you want to discuss at all? Yeah, I'd say one that I'm super excited about, you know, we have a couple, we're really starting, you know, in the past year, we kind of had one core product. Um, and then as we've grown and, and started to identify more like core pains within the industry, we started to have new like high level product categories that we're starting to build out, you know, in the roadmap and for 2022. Um, and I'm really excited about this one that we've been working on and, and we'll kind of be launching in the first version of it in our, in our pilot uh, program next year. Um, is really, it's all focused around, it sounds silly, but it's it's focused around automating a lot of stuff that used to just be done in spreadsheets by tons and tons of people. And that sounds so simple, but it's so true. Um, You know, we have several people we've worked with where for them to gather all this data across, you know, thousands and thousands of of systems or, or equipment out in the field has just been a nightmare. Uh, and we've, re- we feel like we've really ironed out the core pain points of that process. And our, our goal obviously as a software company is to automate those and make their life easier and make their whole reporting process easier. Um, so we're excited for that. We've got, uh, folks signed up for that in the, in the pilot to work with them and, uh, you know, take some of their data that they've previously been doing manually for, for years and start putting it through our system. So I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to have a lot of savings, time savings, cost savings, everything across the board, and will be a a big value add to folks that we onboard. That's, that's great. I love it. Um, people, I think that people underestimate how much, uh, just waste and, and, uh, monotony is around, uh, specifically some of, some of the bigger corporations that are, are out there, but really in everything, man, I, I unfortunately have been dealing with some, uh, some health problems with my, with my family and have spent some time in, in a few different hospitals. And one of the things that I noticed was just like the, the platforms and the systems that they're trying to keep track of kind of their day to day on and, and patient information and stuff is so monotonous and so archaic and is so ripe for, somebody just swoop in and, and, and do some just simple automation, um, to improve processes. And I, I think people underestimate just how much value is in 
that kind of stuff, simply moving people from, from spreadsheets or from, you know, a 10 click, uh, 10 click, um, thing to, to save the work that you did, you know, it's kind of crazy. For sure. For sure. I mean, some of the most, uh, you know, famous consumer products and, uh, just products in general are things that have taken what used to be a long process and made it like one click, right. Or like, like one click, one click checkouts or, um, you know, even just the Amazon one click button and all that, like it's, it's made it so much easier to get things that used to take a process to get. And, uh, any can, any person using a product loves that. Uh, I love it. Right. I mean, I love being able to go and click one or two buttons and then have everything I need, uh, you know, at my door in a day or two. Um, so we definitely live in that type of world. And I think this on both the enterprise and consumer side products that can do that successfully are going to be the, the future companies in the next five, 10, 15, 20 years. Definitely. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, so moving on, moving on from iconic, uh, is there anything else that you got going on, going on out there in the world? You said that you were doing a few forum posts here and there. Uh, what else do you have, have cooking? Yeah, I've, I've been, uh, I, I've got a little Substack. Substack just like a place you can write a, a newsletter and anyone who subscribed to your email list can, uh, will get the, the newsletter. So I try to put, you know, one or two of those out every month, just about startup topics or investing topics or anything. Um, and that's been, that's been great. It's been a good, good creative, um, side to just kind of take thoughts. I've always kind of had in my head and get them down on paper. Um, obviously I've been working on some real estate stuff with you. I'm not sure if you want me to dive into it yet, but, uh, did you want to save that or how'd you want to? Yeah, let's, uh, let's, uh, save it. let's, let's hold on that until yeah. the end. We'll, yeah. we'll give everybody a, a nice sweet little introduction to what you and I are doing together right at the end here. Yeah, I love that. Um, honestly, I mean, you know, it's really been iconic. And uh, in my time on the weekends, um, you know, just doing a podcast with you or or getting uh, a blog post out and, and between those things and just still getting some runs and lifts in, um, you know, just maintain relationships and stuff. I think uh, that's definitely a, a lot on the plate, but it's been good. I'm, I'm excited. I, I really am looking forward to 2022 uh, for iconic. I think Kyle and I, as, as founders, have grown a lot in the past year, um, and we just have a lot of good things kind of cooking in the oven. So I'm definitely excited to to see what's in store. What what have you been working on, Norm? I know you've been uh, purchasing some more properties in real estate and kind of spinning some stuff up. What have you been uh, working on on yours? Yeah, um, so I've I've been man, I've been busy here here as of late. We've got four kind of. Well, we're down to three now. We just just completed one uh, real estate project that we've been working on, and we've got three that are are setting in queue and process here um, for Haven Holding Stays. So, you know, the uh, real actually, it's all on the short term side of the business. So, you know, I, I've said in the past on this podcast that um, I spend a lot of my time uh, in the in the real estate realm. So, real estate is the primary business that I that I work on. And then the, uh, second place where I spend the majority of my time is, is, um, in the trading world is, uh, trading, uh, futures contracts. So crude oil, uh, crude oil, gold, and, uh, NASDAQ contracts are kind of my, my bread and butter. So those are the two, two major things that I, I spend the most majority of my time in. And then, you know, obviously, um, investing in a way, investing the way that we preach to investors, which is, which is this 
uh, asset class diversification. So, you know, any capital that throws off from from those different businesses, plunging those back into hard assets and in different uh, different realms across the world. But uh, so in the real estate side of things, so we just uh, I said I spent last week down in in Oak Island. We uh, turned a new property on down in Oak Island, short term rental uh, out on Airbnb, VRBO booking, um, you know, all the different platforms that are out there. And, and one of these times we're going to go, we'll go through one of our real estate episodes. So one of the first of the month, we'll, um, we'll actually spend some time talking about the short term, short term rental world, because that is just such a cool, uh, cool strategy and cool world in the, in the real estate game. Um, and, and where I spend, you know, the majority of my, of my time, uh, with Haven Holdings. So, you know, that's, that's the primary business on my side, but we uh, just turned on a property, uh, a beach property. So it's on Oak Island, uh, in North Carolina, on the North Carolina coast, um, on the second row uh, from the beach. So it's actually got beautiful ocean views and, and uh, you know, it's like, I mean, you can throw, throw a stone and it lands on the beach. Um, so that property is going to be, is is an exciting one for us i mean it's a a three three bed two bath property that sleeps up to 12 people um and you know i just just hit the market uh i guess last tuesday um we got booked up for thanksgiving we're booked up for new year's we've been uh, picking up bookings right along the way since we've since we've launched so we're uh you know well on our way um with that property but we got that one done and then we've got three others in the queue. So we are, um, we just purchased a piece of land, um, in Mount Airy, North Carolina. That's right across from a golf course has beautiful golf course views, um, and are in the process of building two properties on that, that are going to be short-term rentals. So these things are going to be, um, small kind of new agey looking, uh, little cottages that, uh, that we're going to be, be renting out that we've been working with, a an architect to get, uh, get things designed and, and running on that. I love that, man. I know, uh, we've talked a lot about both of those projects, so it's exciting to see those kind of come to life and get wrapped up and, and get folks in them. What, what would you say in terms of your kind of strategy, obviously in 2021, you, you probably had a goal in terms of like how many com- or how many new, properties you were trying to buy how do you kind of think through that like property acquisition like you trying to get one uh, a quarter or kind of like how are you setting those goals of 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 your portfolio in terms of real estate man that's such a good such a good question because the way that we do it like we come up with a plan we make a plan and go to execute on that plan and almost always um we actually end up doing more believe it or not usually we we exceed that plan. And usually that's just because opportunities pop into, pop into uh, the fold that, you know, we got to be ready to pull the trigger on. So, you know, on the flipping side of the business, we're trying to do, we really are not trying to do more than two a quarter. Um, And, you know, pretty, pretty regularly hit that. We, we fell a little bit behind this year on the, on the flipping side of things. We had, um, had some resources poured into other businesses and, and to be honest with you, banking right now uh, on that side of things has just been, 
it's not that it has that it's been difficult, but uh, all the banks have been kind of bogged down, and the financing is is uh, more difficult to get than it than it was. And by by more difficult to get, I mean they're just processing loans slower. And when they process loans slower, it makes it hard to flip properties. Um, you know, if you're not if you're not running a a cash business, which I've talked about in the past, uh, I, d- I don't like to run a cash business because it's just too much resource tied up in one specific thing that could be leveraged and utilized more effectively. You can allocate the capital more effectively. Um, We are trying to turn on as many vacation rentals uh, as, as uh, capital allows. Um, So we are continuously trying to purchase and turn on vacation rentals as we uh, see opportunities um, uh, pop in. So, you know, it's not uncommon for us to, to, uh, be, be putting on, uh, three to five a quarter. Um, you know, that's kind of what we, what we have been, been, uh, doing the second half of this year. Um, and what we want to kind of continue to do into 2022. And then we try to balance those out with long-term rentals as well. So we're trying to have we're trying to be a little bit heavy on the short-term rental side, um, more so than the long-term rental side, but we want to keep a good balance of long-term rentals uh, too in that portfolio uh, to make sure that we're kind of smoothing out across uh, asset classes in, in real estate. I love that. I think uh, I, I do, I did a refinance this year as well. And uh, on, on one of, one of the properties and we ran into the same problem with uh with the banks, but I guess if you're doing that many deals, um, you know, it's probably a good problem to have as you're moving a lot of properties and getting, getting things, uh, stood up. What, what, in terms of, um, the, uh, the beach houses and just kind of the, the short-term rentals, what, what's like that spin up process? Like, is it like, I'm just trying to, cause I, I know a lot of folks who, 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 you know, there's TikToks everywhere that are like, Hey, I have 10, short-term rentals that generate, you know, a hundred thousand a year in revenue or whatever. What for like someone listening who's just kind of being curious about that. What's like that. Once you purchase a property, what's kind of that spin up process? Like, like, is it relatively easy or is it something that's like a little more challenging? You kind of had to do the first time or kind of, what does that process look like? Just like getting it ready to even list it on it. Yeah, it's, um, people make it sound like it's easier than it is. (laughs) The truth is what, once you get your processes in place and stuff like that, you know, it, it's, um, it's not like it's abundantly difficult to make things happen, but I will say that like, there's a lot to do, you know, you're trying to deliver, you're trying to deliver a product to a, to a customer, somebody who's wants to go on vacation, who wants to have a good time and you're trying to outperform, um, you know, in my mind and kind of how we do things, we're trying to, we're trying to deliver an experience that's better than what you're going to get in a hotel. Right. So, so we, um, try to set up the accommodations in a way where you have everything you need. You're, you're kind of greeted properly by the house as you're walking into the house, you have, you know, all the kind of amenities and stuff that you would have in a hotel, um, without the, the hassle of having to deal with the front desk and having to, uh, you know, deal with all the other people who are running around you and, and things like that. So when you go to actually, you know, launch one of these things and put it, put it together, 
Um, like you literally have to think of everything. You want somebody to be able to walk into that house and say, I'm home. Right. And, and I can function as if I'm, as if I'm home and, and don't have to worry about any of the, the, uh, things that bog me down and keep me from just enjoying my time on that vacation. So, you know, you've have to, a, a lot of times you're, you're purchasing furniture, you're pur- purchasing, um, appliances, different, uh, different, um, you know, kitchen, uh, goods and, and linens and towels and you name it. And you have to set up a process that allows people, um, allows your cleaning companies to get in there and clean. Uh, you have to set up things in a way where you're responsive enough to, uh, to anybody who has any kind of an issue, uh, when they're actually staying at the property. And that all takes time and that all takes great uh, networking with lots of different vendors, lots of different local vendors, cleaning companies, uh, you know, maintenance crews, different subs and stuff like that, who are um, people who are, are willing and able to move on a dime. Because uh, in that business, you know, you don't, uh, you don't have the luxury of, of time when somebody's on vacation and they are and they run into something that they need, you know, you got to move quick on it. Um, so, you know, get, there's a whole process beso- behind setting the house up. And then there's a whole process behind how do we actually run this operation in an effective way um, through subs and through different people uh, so that, you know, we don't have to, as individuals, be, be uh, you know, standing at the property at all times. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking back on some of the, my favorite Airbnbs that I've stayed at. Um, I definitely like, I, it felt like it had all the things that a hotel, cause like, that is the nice thing about a hotel, right? Like you go there, they've got the small shampoos, the, all the soap, little coffee thing, um, the towels, all that. Like it's, it's super easy to just get all that stuff. Um, but then making it still feel like your own home, obviously when you're at a hotel, it's very just, you know, it's anyone's there. It's, you know, it just kind of has a different vibe to it. But some of my favorite hotels by far have definitely been, uh, you know, or Airbnbs have been ones that that you could tell the the host really had a, a good intention or really thought through the layout and just the different amenities and stuff. So I think we definitely should do a uh, full episode on that sometime. What do you think? Just dive oh, in on yeah. the process. I think that'd be great. For sure. We we absolutely can do that because, you know, there's, there's multiple ways that, to do that strategy too. You know, like um, some people some people don't do any of that stuff, right? They minimize what they do to try to just simply create a better return on, on uh, the investment on that, that property. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different ways that you can go about, about doing those and setting, setting those properties up and, and uh, running and operating those properties too. It's, it's, uh, and so many different strategies out there that you can do as well. So definitely something that we need to need to do here in the near future. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it would just add a lot of value to anyone out there who's just kind of, I mean, I, I can think of immediately four or five friends or people or, you know, just professional folks I've met that have, have thought about wanting to, to do their own Airbnb and, and have the capital to do it, but just don't really have the blueprint. Um, so I think that'd be great for folks who are wanting to kind of take a step into that game. Yeah, for sure. No, I, to- I totally agree. Um, I completely agree. And, you know, so I said we had, we had uh, four, four major projects that we were working on. I just talked through the two 
um, the two, the two golf course builds to jump back to them. Those things are going to be awesome when they're done. I've got a, a, uh, architect who's also a builder, who's just super creative, um, guy, guy by the last name of Needham. Uh, he just, he, he knows what he's doing. He's very creative in the way that he puts together different properties and stuff like that. And, and these things are going to be just, uh, they're going to be awesome when they're, when they're done. He, uh, designed and, and, uh, actually built out one of the other, um, Airbnbs that we run and, uh, or short-term vacation, short-term rentals that we run. And that thing just, you know, we get just great reviews and compliments on the architecture all the time. Um, so, you know, we told him, uh, take this thing over and let's, let's run it. Let's use your designs, use your, uh, construction method and, and, um, go about it in that way. So we're, very excited about getting ground broke on those things and, and, uh, getting them ready to rock and roll. Um, and then the last one. So the fourth one that we are working on, uh, is a, actually a duplex that's in a very nice part of town, kind of an up and coming neighborhood, um, that we are going to turn back into a single family residence, do a complete rehab on and go to, a short-term rental on that property. That's awesome. That's a lot. I, I love it too. Cause everything, I mean, everything you just talked about is, is exactly what we try to always stress on the show is just diversification within asset classes and across asset classes. And, and you're doing it within, you know, real estate, uh, you have a short-term rental, you've got even, even you didn't mention them now, but you've got other long-term rentals and stuff that you have as well. Um, so you've got a deal that covers, pretty much almost every side of the real estate game. And uh, I think that's just a great, great mindset to have as you're increasing your portfolio size, uh, you know, throughout the end of this year and into 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, uh, that's what we're always trying to do. Um, Always trying to kind of improve, improve that and, and uh, make some big gains on that side of things. Uh, The other thing that uh, I've been working on a lot, uh, and am working on always, but I figured I'd just hit a, hit a quick update on it. Um, you know, I trade futures contracts, so that's kind of my primary, uh, primary, um, method of expressing my views in the, in the, uh, commodities marketplace and, and, uh, in the trading space. Um, and, you know, things have been absolutely f- crazy there lately, you know, crude oil's uh, crude oil kind of lost its mind yesterday and and uh, dropped dropped twelve percent uh, in a day in a short day a short trading day on this uh, new well a lot of things going on in crude oil but kind of the main catalyst for for that was this this uh, new coronavirus variant that uh, that has been hitting the airwaves and some of the some of the shutdowns that are going on in other countries associated with that so. You know, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out um, to to this point. I mean, as a lot of people know, I mean, crude oil has just been ripping higher and higher continuously. Um, I, a, a lot to do with a lack of, you know, I think a lack of investment in that space. Um, but, you know, as as crude oil rips as a futures trader, uh, that's uh, that's uh, good stuff for me. So it's been fun to fun to trade that as of late. Um and then, you know, switching over to NASDAQ contracts, I mean, that's the other thing that I'm, I'm primarily spending my time on. And, and those have been, um, 
you know, straight up, straight up, straight up. Uh, we hit uh, two two uh, ATR on a daily daily chart the other day, and and um, usually that's like the the uh, typically the kind of blatant top that happens. And lo and behold, three days later, we're we're rolling over and and heading back for uh, for uh, for the means. So you know, that both, both those contracts have been interesting contracts to be out there, out there trading and, and, uh, you know, trying to figure out. Yeah. I'm excited to just see how, how the rest of this year and into 2022 unfolds with the markets from, from futures and, and, um, all across the way to crypto and and everything in between. I think, uh, as everyone knows, is probably listening. There's just a lot going on in, in the economy and, and in the markets. And uh, it's going to be interesting to to see how it plays out. I'm I'm definitely excited. I'm not sure if you have any that triggers any thoughts, Norm. But it's it's definitely there's a lot there's a lot going on for sure. I think. You- yeah, I mean there really is. Like it's 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 a it's a crazy market right now, and it's a it's a weird market, right? You know, the the I think everybody thinks that like the stock market just always rips higher, and that's the reality of the world, and and uh, maybe it has been for the last. 15 years, but, um, that's not going to last forever. And, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, as, as things start to slow a little bit, um, you know, as, as, uh, CPI continues to, to print hot and, and inflation numbers are coming in a little bit hot. It's going to be interesting to see where things, how things play out and where they ultimately end up. You know, it's, uh, there's a lot of money out in the, out in the world right now, sloshing around and, and, um, you know, one thing that I'll say is that uh, my philosophy on all that is that, you know, it, it's impossible to know where things are going to go, right? You you set your risk reward, you come up with your strategy, you create risk reward, and then you manage your trades. And, uh, and that's how you trade, <laughs> right? You use all these different indicators, you use all these different things, you pay attention to how markets are going, what the Fed is doing, what interest rates are doing how the economy is rolling, how the world is working. You look at that macro view, but at the end of the day, you trade off risk reward. And uh, as long as you're, you're doing that, I think, you know, you'll be fine through, um, through easy markets and, and hard markets. Uh, But, you know, markets have just been so easy for so many people uh, for a long time now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when things actually do get, get a little bit tough out there, uh, from a trading perspective. So, and, you know, we'll do a, we'll do an entire, you know, the third week of the month, we apologize that we didn't, didn't get the third week of the month out here, uh, this, this month. Um, but third week of the month, we'll do, uh, just overall markets and, and trading and teach some different strategies and, and just kind of talk about our views on, on things as well. Yeah. And I think something too, is that we love always talking about obviously is, as there's uncertainty in the markets or, you know, inflation that, that continues to kind of loom over our heads. A uh, great way to, to combat that is getting some real estate. Uh, I know Norm and I are both, um, obviously that's not financial advice, but uh, Norm and I are both in the trenches for ourselves, always um, trying to, to increase the portfolio. As you heard Norm, he's, he's got four things in the works right now. Um, and, and, you know, money, money is, is still pretty cheap right now. So, it's definitely uh, um, good to be diversified across the board and um, it's going to be going to be an exciting year ahead. 
Yeah, I don't think there's any any question on that. Um, you know, I don't think there's any question. So, you know, anyway, that's what I've been that's what I've been up to. That's what I've been working on just to give that that update on myself. And then, you know, the last thing uh, that you alluded to a little bit earlier is uh, what you and I are working on specifically. So, you know, we've been talking um, talking about Plat Capital a little bit here and there on the podcast, but you know, I think this is a good time to just kind of introduce it and talk about where we're at and what we're, what we've got cooking. So James, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you chime in here. What is Plat Capital? What are we up to? For sure. I've been so excited to just talk about this. Um, you know, Plat Capital uh, is essentially a, uh, a group that's just focused on leveraging a lot of the new ways that, that, uh, you know, companies and, and groups can raise money to, invest in real estate, invest in uh, businesses, different ways. But, you know, right now we're obviously very focused on real estate. Um, we have our first fund launching under the Plat Capital umbrella that is called Plat Capital Fund One. Uh, and it is a real estate fund that is focused on short-term rentals, so single, fam- single family homes, short-term rentals in, the, uh, in and along the coastal area of North Carolina. So as many of you guys know, Norm is local to uh, North Carolina. He, as you heard him say earlier, he's got a beach property just closed on. He already has another one. Um, So he is the expert in the North Carolina market. And we are working um, with a company called Republic, um, just, just like the, the the band or the song, whatever it is. Um, But uh, they have a platform that allows companies like ourselves, uh, like Plat Capital to go on there and raise money from uh, consumer investors, uh, which by that, I just mean anyone can invest. Um, so, you know, my, my mother could invest, my sister, uh, anyone under the sun could, could invest and buy into our real estate fund where we will be then taking that capital or looking to raise $500,000 of capital and take that and deploy it across, um, you know, multiple beach towns in North Carolina to buy single family homes and have a portfolio of short term rentals that we'll use to generate, uh, you know, annual rental income. And then obviously, hopefully have exposure to appreciation as well. Uh, I think that, you know, a lot of real estate funds have existed and they've been around for a while. I think the cool thing and unique thing about what we're doing is that one, we're, we're raising it through Republic which is awesome because for many of those of you that don't know out there before Republic and some of these different regulation changes from the SEC uh, have come about in the past couple of years before all those things in order to invest in a startup or, or any kind of, you know, official security where you're exchanging your, your capital for some ownership in a company or entity, you had to be an accredited investor. Um, And so even someone like myself, right. Who's, a co-founder in the startup space, but doesn't have a very high net worth yet because they're still in the process of building their business uh, or doesn't have a very high annual salary over the past couple of years, they are uh, essentially punished and, and weren't allowed to previously invest in in startups or any group that was a fund or anything like that. Uh, in the past couple of years, the SEC's come along and they've changed that and they've, based off different regulations and updates, they've made it so that now up to certain check sizes and amounts, consumer investors can participate uh, in startups. And so that's, you know, what Republic, the, the company I mentioned earlier, was birthed out of. And they've been doing it for years now. Uh, and we're leveraging their platform. We went through their, you know, vetting process uh, and did, did, did our due diligence with them. 
uh, and, and will be listed on the platform here in the next uh, one to two weeks. And, and the campaign, the, the fundraising campaign will be live um, where anyone can invest in it. The second cool thing about it, I think, is that we're geography based and focused. So we're only focused on you know beach houses in North Carolina in specific beach towns along the coast. Uh, this is great because I think that it allows people to associate what they're putting their money towards. So before a lot of real estate funds would just be general real estate funds uh, or just like like REITs or something. It's, it's something that just wasn't as like uh, tangible to investors. You know, now if you're investing in our fund, you can say, hey, I actually know exactly where this group is taking my money and deploying it. So if you think that North Carolina beaches in the next 5, 10, 15 years are going to take off, you know, then you know where we're looking and you know where we're deploying that capital. So it gives this like new layer um, of kind of, of visibility to investors to really understand where their capital is going. And I just think that's such a unique opportunity uh, between, you know, raising on Republic and allowing anyone to invest and then also tying it to a specific location that's just really tangible and easy for, you know, anyone that's interested in investing to uh, to just kind of grasp and understand. So I'm excited for it. Uh, I know Norm's excited. We are um, just thrilled to, to get it launched and uh, start deploying that capital and, and uh, continue to increase the portfolio and, um, you know, have some, some houses in, in North Carolina and, and generate uh, rental revenue from them and uh, watch them, you know, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited about this too. And, you know, we'll get deeper and deeper into this thing as, as uh, the fund gets ready to launch and the fund comes out. You know, the one note that I'll make too is that, you know, not only are you specifically, um, are you specifically located, so you know exactly what area that you're doing that investing in, but you're, you are um, strategy specific as well, right? This is, these are beach vacation rentals. So you know exactly what type of strategy you're in. You know exactly what location you're in. So you can start to build out, uh, you know, that that portfolio in a way where you are strategy and class di- and class diversified across um, across multiple asset classes too. You know, when you when you start to look at that and think about it, um, you can get into specific niches uh, by going going this route, which I think is something that's unique and. And kind of cool uh, when it comes to the the uh, short term rental, rental and vacation rental business. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. It's it's uh, it's been really cool. I mean, I've seen other just not even real estate funds, but startups that have raised capital on there, um, and it's just awesome to be able to see, you know, everyday people, uh, including ourselves, be able to start you know, participating in investing um, outside of just buying stocks, right? Or buying crypto. Those are, those are great things and they should be part of a portfolio. Um, but these, you know, ways to invest in funds or startups uh, have traditionally over time, you know, been a way for a lot of individuals to build a lot of wealth. Uh, and so I, I am a hundred percent behind companies like Republic uh, and other organizations out there that are focused on, you know, lowering that barrier to entry for, for everyday investors to start participating uh, and, and hopefully increase their wealth from that. And, and I, I'm excited that we're going to be able to have an offering on there. Um, so as Norm said, definitely keep an eye out for it. We'll have more updates around it as it, as it launches on the campaign and 
uh, we'll be sure to keep keep everyone updated on on everything uh, Platte Capital focused. Now that we've kind of let the cat out of the bag, and I'm, I'm excited that it's finally. Out. <laughs> uh shoot yeah so so am i super excited about it super excited to uh get involved with some people and just have some um you know do some do some good things out there in the in the investing world so you know i think that brings us up brings us in for a wrap uh on this week uh you know so please make sure um you can find us over on plat uh, platcapital.co uh, so that's platcapital.co or really anywhere where you listen to uh, your podcast, just go over to the Pure Capital Podcast. Um, click the subscribe button. That helps us out. Leave us a review. You know, we don't care whether it's bad, whether it's good. We want to hear your feedback. We want to know what you guys think of the show. So, so definitely hop over there. Click subscribe. Leave us a review. It helps us um, to make the show better and and to to hopefully try to bring more value uh, to you all. So, with that, this has been the Pure Capital Podcast. Thank you all and have a great night.